Hello, and welcome to Sketch in Review, the only Sketch in Review podcast that exists, because it's the only one that's named Sketch in Review. That's Probably. a fact that I checked at least once. Okay. <laughs> I googled Sketch in Review, and no other podcasts came up, so therefore, <laughs> we must be the only one. After an exhaustive ten seconds of research, <laughs> I can promise all of you. This is the only one. Well, don't worry. I used Bing, so uh, we're definitely covered. It, that is the most thorough search engine there is. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Welcome to 2013. We're making Bing jokes. <laughs> listen, listen. I still, I still remember. Uh, it had to have been like a CSI or Criminal Minds type show, where where they're like where they're at like an art gallery or something, and someone's like, "Oh, I don't know this artist," and someone goes, "Oh, just Bing it." <laughs> <laughs> Some writer made a hundred thousand dollars that mm-hmm. day. <laughs> made a lot of money for for just, well, just taking out the word Google and substituting right. the word Bing. <laughs> uh, All right, let's start. We've got uh, a quality cold open this week. Uh, this week is Jonathan Majors is hosting, and Taylor Swift uh, is the musical guest. Yep. Uh, so we start with the cold open, which is uh, which starts on the Newsmax for Kids network. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Newsmax is uh, when so 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 in the world of right wing news stations, there's Fox News, which is uh, liberal commie pinko shit. <laughs> there's OAN, uh, which is like. Moderate Republicans. <laughs> and then there's Newsmax, which is actively being sued by Dominion. <laughs> uh, uh, if you want to like, understand without having to watch any Newsmax, uh, from the Chalamet episode last year, uh, they, did a, they did a good uh, riff on it for Sportsmax, the only sports network for Jets fans. <laughs> uh anyway so we have newsmax for kids uh and instead of sesame street they have ted cruz street uh and obviously this is birthed off of the fact that ted cruz called big bird a communist on twitter oh that's very special which is such a wild wild accusation <laughs> If, if we were to get into, like, the logistics of the fact that this fictional giant eight-foot bird <laughs> is a communist. <laughs> it's, I, I feel like, I feel like that's an area of weirdness that SNL is not prepared to go into. Because the first thing I hear when I think Big, Be- Big Bird and, uh, and Ted Cruz, like, I, I, I wouldn't think tortured sesame street parody i would think i would think like long-standing beef between these two people oh ooh, we that, could like i'm thinking boxing match. yeah i was honestly. about to say i was about to say it could have been the undercard for the next jake paul fight yeah <laughs> god that would, that would have been that would have been a fun cold open you get like absolutely you get you get each of them in their like pre-fight interviews Ooh, that would have got been... like yeah, if you got like someone dressed up as Grover on uh, on Big Bird's back, <laughs> you've got like as many Republicans as you want behind Ted mm-hmm. Cruz. Yeah, yeah, Holly Mansion Cinema. 
so uh, our first guest uh, on Ted Cruz Street is Marjorie Taylor Greene, as always, played by Cecily Strong. Uh, and, you know, I mean, listen, listen, there's a lot of jokes that we can all make about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Like, the fact that she thought that a Jewish space laser was causing the California wildfires. So, you know, it's not, I think this is the problem because SNL has to be political, and politics has become such a fucking farce at this point. That, like, it's really hard to parody Marjorie Taylor Greene without just saying statements that she has already said. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, I really, I really, oh, liked, I really like the bit where she tries to hand the AR-15 to one of the kids <laughs> on Ted Cruz Street, and he's like, I don't think we should, and she just goes, pussy. Oh. <laughs> uh. I think the problem with this sketch is just that it went too long. I think mm-hmm. I think the I think the opening was solid. I think the Marjorie Taylor Greene bit was solid. Um, I the think Ernie bit was confused. The the Oscar the Grouch bit was it was focused, but it wasn't great. <laughs> they were just trying yeah. their best to hit all the bases in Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Big Bird Joe Rogan bit could have been axed. Realistically, yeah. I think this I think this would have been a better sketch than Cold Open. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Just because just then, so you have, so you get the Ted Cruz Street intro, uh, Marjorie Taylor, you get the Marjorie Taylor Green bit, and you just move straight to Oscar the Slouch. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, you cut out, you cut out Bert and Ernie, because Bert and Ernie absolutely was not, con- was not, like, great. Although I get what, I understand what they were going for with Proud Boys versus Pride. Oh, I didn't even get that. Okay, I, I didn't even think there was a joke. I just thought, I just thought they were just like, well, they were playing a different joke that like canceled out the original joke. But Pride Boys is a good bit. Yeah, it, it's a good bit. Uh, I mean, that could have just been its own sketch. Well, yeah, once again, it's 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 one of those things where they just because the cold open should, in quotation marks, be political. Uh, they, they end up having to do stuff like this uh, occasionally, where it's just like, alright, let's just throw some shit in there. People will laugh because they're making fun of the opposite party. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, I mean, classic, I mean, the, the one good part about Joe Rubin, which I didn't find out until, like, earlier this morning when I was just, like, scrolling through my news feed... Uh, Joe Rogan said he could suck his own dick. That wasn't even just, like, a bit that Pete, Pete Davidson had. Joe Rogan said those words. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Pete Davidson was just doing one of his classic what-are-you-going-to-do-I'm-Pete-Davidson things, but mm-hmm. that's that's very mm-hmm. special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently Joe Rogan actually said this. I have no other information, and I could be getting fake news, but... <laughs> It sounds like something Joe Rogan would say. It uh, I, there's very few things that don't sound like something. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, so after the cold open, we move into the monologue, and uh, I mean, I feel like this was a miss for me. Really, I liked it. I I am never a huge fan of the "Look how far I've come" monologue. Okay. It's just, it's one of those things where it's just like, yeah, but then you have, like, you get three jokes and it's mainly just a, I feel so good because I get to host SNL. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I think is I think he approached it with a really good energy, though. Um, oh, yeah, his energy is great throughout the entire thing. 
Absolutely. He's I don't know if he's necessarily made for comedy, like his acting chops, but you know, you know, he he hit he tried to hit it as hard as he could, which is great. If you're gonna if you're if you have one night to do it, swing for the fences. Yeah, absolutely. Uh I thought the Yale joke was pretty good at the beginning. Yeah, that was good. Uh yeah, but besides that it was mainly like you know, I, I was 17 and homeless and working at Red Lobster. Quick Red Lobster joke. And now I'm hosting SNL. <laughs> <laughs> Quick re- It was a very long Red Lobster joke. Yeah, yeah, but like the actual joke itself was very quick. Fair enough. <laughs> the setup uh, just took nine years. <laughs> uh, uh, anything you want to put on the monologue? No, no, I, 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 I had a good time. Um, there were, there were enough laughs in it for me, and, uh, I got what I needed out of it. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so we move on to our first sketch, which is, uh, the March of the Suitors. Uh, so in this, Chloe Feynman, uh, plays a 19-year-old, uh, queen, uh, queen of England, who is looking for a husband. Uh, you know, because it's medieval times, and she has to. Uh, and so they have, uh, they have three people, four people, realistically, they have four people walk up, uh, to, uh, approach becoming the King of England. Uh, the first one is, uh, a dude she friend-zoned, which I, which was very funny, but I feel like shouldn't have been the first one. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I feel yeah. like that's a, it's, it, there's, there's like, there, there is room to play there. And... Which one should be the first? Episode? I think maybe maybe we should go through all of them first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, so uh, so we have so we have her friend zoned uh, guy pal. <laughs> uh, we have Cecily Strong, Andrew Dismukes, and Heidi Gardner straight off the set of a Monty Python. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Monty no. Python and the Holy Grail. Straight <laughs> straight off the set. Oh. Uh, we have John. Uh, we have Majors's character, uh, Prince Howie. And then, and then the final joke character was Punky Johnson as Tammy, or Tawny. Yeah. Tawny. Tawny. Uh, so, so the way that I see it is the Andrew Dismukes, Cecily Strong, Heidi Gardner probably should have been the first one, just because it's a big dick joke, and big dick jokes always hit. <laughs> yeah. I'm not against it. I'm not against it. I, I think personally the, the... I think the, what's good about this one is that they managed to get around their general inability to do escalation by just having four really strong characters on their own that yeah. each get their own bit. <laughs> yeah, and if I were to put one first, I guess I would have put the friend zone one first. It's low energy and it's it's uh and it's uh uh it's fun, but uh, it's it's. Mm-hmm. I, I'm fine with where it is, but I, I wouldn't mind switching it. To I it. feel I feel like the way they wrote it, it's way more first first person up energy, and I feel like if they put it later in the sketch, they would have had to rewrite a lot of it. Mm. Uh, just because just because it's way easier, like you know, as the first person, if he comes in low energy, haha. But like, what do I need to change? And then inside joke, and then out. As opposed, as opposed to, I don't know, feeding into something more of, like, the toxic guy in friend zone bit. Yeah. Yeah. 
so so next up we have Dismukes and Cecily as Dis, uh, as Dismukes's mother, and then Heidi Gardner comes in as a milkmaid halfway through it, uh, and basically. <laughs> Basically, the joke is is that Cecily just comes and she's like, "My son has the largest penis ever. You should marry him." In in the in for everyone who's seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail, they speak exactly like uh, the the first like commoners that they meet. The help, help! I'm being oppressed. <laughs> yep, it's 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 really good. It's... <laughs> I mean, it's a good time. It's they they do the funny voices. They talk about penises. It's it's just it's they swing for mm-hmm. and also uh, Ad Bryant's uh, uh, punchline. Yeah. She just goes the new kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Andrew Dismuke ends up dropping trout, and then Ad Bryant, as one of Chloe Feynman's uh, advisors, just goes the new king of England. <laughs> <laughs> It was quality. It was quality. Uh, yeah. Then we then we moved to Prince Howie with his uh, drummer played by Keenan Thompson, yep. and this one was great. Absolutely, <laughs> I loved absolutely. Because it. it starts off and he's acting all princely. He's got a drummer who's introducing him. He does like the fun. He does the fun little pelvic thrust for when he says that all bone good. <laughs> <laughs> Pleaser of women, my ass. <laughs> yeah, and then Ego comes in and it's like. I'm sorry, Queen. This isn't Prince Howie. This is my dumb husband. What, <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? What? You got the seven-year itch and now you're trying to come sleep with the Queen? <laughs> and then his fucking response is just being stupid. It's very good. It's such it's such a good, like, deflect. <laughs> like, just such a good, like, dejected, like, mm, I can't believe I got caught. <laughs> yeah. And when she, like, mispronounces his fake prince name and Keenan leans in to try and fucking fix it, she just tells him to shut up. It's just, it's it was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like they might have been able to just end it right there, rule of three. They should have ended it she right pulls, there. She pulls his ear, but, you know, SNL always goes three minutes too long and picks the wrong punchline. It's true, it's true. So, and this punchline, I... There's this running theme in SNL where the only joke is "haha, women can be gay." Well, I I don't think that was their final punchline, but like that that was like one of the jokes that they did. That was like okay, cool. Yeah. Like I feel like if you're gonna just like you know make the and she was a character, but the joke wasn't that she was like this 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 weird stoner burnout. The joke was <laughs> that she was a woman. Mm-hmm. And it's even more highlighted because Chloe Feynman goes, well, I do like men, but when yeah. I'm drunk, anything can happen. <laughs> yep. And then... And You're right. The punchline was actually pretty quality. The punchline was all was fine. Uh, it, I mean, it works just because it's one of the live sketches, and so they just need something quick at the end. Yeah. Uh, and the punchline at the end is that you, you, you infer that uh, Punky Johnson's character... Ends up winning the courtship, and she becomes the Mad Queen Tawny, the terrible. That's right. <laughs> which is which is like qual, which is like fun, but also, but also like the cameras could have just pulled back as Ego's dragging Prince Howie by the ear, and it would have been exactly the same amount of fun. Yep, I agree. 
Uh, so, so after March of the Suitors, we've got uh, the Please Don't Destroy sketch of the week, mm. uh, which is a music video with Pete Davidson. I love Pete Davidson's music videos because he's done, him and Chris Red do a bunch of them together. Yeah. Uh, and fucking, so this one is, is about, is just Pete making fun of the Please Don't Destroy <laughs> kids, calling them three sad virgin boys. <laughs> The entire time. <laughs> this one was really special. Um, it was a really good bit. It was, I mean, it was, if if you were, it's like you said before, they're like the, if, if you were worried that they were going to be uh, the, uh, the Lonely Island, but again, this would make you more worried. Yes. <laughs> this was just a Lonely Island sketch. <laughs> it was a good time. It was, it was a lot of fun. And I, I, I am holding out faith in the fact that uh, this is really just going to be a one-off or, or a short recurring thing, maybe. And they're just going to keep doing weird, dumb stuff. Oh, uh, uh, if, uh, it was, they're absolutely, they're, they're not going to, they're definitely not, because they don't even sing during the sketch. That's true, you're right. So, so there's no, like, there's no danger in them just becoming the Lonely Island. Uh, I will say that I do love that the gimmick for all their sketches for SNL is that they're writers at SNL and then things happen yes. to them in their office. It's spectacular. It's very Every... good. Yeah. I hope they immediately get picked up for a bad NPC office sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would watch the absolute shit out of Oh, it's, it's just so funny because you can tell that that's just their actual office <laughs> and all yeah, three of them no, just it's... sit there. It might have something to do with, like, their COVID protocols at the moment or not, but... <laughs> it's a lot But of it's great that all of their sketches just take place in this one fucking room. Uh, the uh, Taylor Swift coming in for a bridge... Yes. Uh, ...was great. I mean, ob obviously, once everyone heard that she was the musical guest, they're like, all right, she's going to be in at least one sketch. Yeah. You know, as people do. As literally, like, any musical guest who really wants to be on the show will be in at least one sketch. Yep, yep. Uh, fucking... I, I, I don't know. It was a fun time. Yeah, no, I liked it a lot. Yep. Uh, so after that, we move to the Audacity and Advertisements Award Show. This is... This one... The, the Audacity Advertisements is such a good idea that it managed to carry it through a sketch mm -hmm. that was pretty shaky on execution. Yeah, it was, it's, defi it's definitely the momentum of you thinking about it kept it moving forward. But without that, it does kind of dawdle. Yeah. And it's a little... It manages to not totally overstay its welcome, which is also good. But again, if, you, if you're if you just looking at the construction of the of the sketch, it's not... It's yeah, not it's... So, I think the issue, the issue with it is that they tried, they tried to do it in, like, an award show fashion, where, you know how at, like, the Oscars, uh, they show you scenes from best picture films throughout the night? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, instead, so, you know, they tried to do that with their, like, most audacious advertisement award, or whatever the fuck they called it. Yeah. Uh, but I think the, I think the hard part is just trying to separate all of these fun ideas they had. Yes, absolutely. 
because like there's something really special about the wait you guys make landmines award yeah i wish <laughs> I, I wish we saw the nominees for wait don't you guys make landmines award because yeah. <laughs> i i yeah. feel i feel like that alone had like more more joke presence than uh i, I can't even think of fucking some of that most of them that... Well, the problem was a lot of this time of this sketch that had a lot of places to go was spent on bad commercial jokes. And I mean not jokes on bad commercials, I mean bad impressions of famous commercial characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, so Majors and Heidi Gardner host. Heidi Gardner's playing Flo, Majors is playing uh, Jake from State Farm, which was fine. I did. Yeah. I did like that they brought the Limu Emu and his and their human partner. That yeah, was fun. That was, it was a fun bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I feel like the only like three good ads from it though were the first one, the Facebook portal one. Yeah, that was very very good. Uh, the BP one, which I believe is actually just a BP commercial. Yes, it's, it's not. It's not like oh they made it up. I think that's just a legitimate commercial. Uh, no. And the Amazon parody ad. Yes, yes. Well, the the interesting thing about I'm pretty sure whoever was like pitching this pitched the Facebook portal thing first. That was the idea, mm-hmm. and then everything else was made around it because that was the Facebook portal was a strong encapsulation of the bit. Uh, and, and the Amazon one was was excellent. That was yeah. that was that was the punchline. That I mean, it wasn't the punchline. There was a there was that reference to some group that i don't know uh some conservative group i think uh, um, yeah yeah i don't even remember the end of this sketch uh, i was just was happy that it was over this baby is trans Feliz oh. navidad signed the and i don't remember the name of the group but i'm assuming the conklins or something like that yeah but uh but yeah the the real punchline is uh is <laughs> Is, is the Amazon one the spot on Amazon one? Because how, yeah. how 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 often do you see commercials? Because like I watch live sports, so I see commercials all the goddamn time. I uh, I watch a lot of uh, YouTube and uh, Tubi and uh, stuff like that. So I watch a lot of the same. Oh, and Hulu. Uh, mm-hmm. So I watch a lot of the same three commercials uh, for hours on it. Is is one of them the Amazon nurse commercial? No. So so in it so in it. Uh, so it starts with, like, a picture slideshow, and he's like, I lost my brother three years ago, my ma two years ago, it made me really want to become a nurse, and then, and then, and then like, that's probably, like, the first 15 seconds is, is laying that backstory, and then he goes, working at Amazon, they pay for my tuition while I work for them, so I can become a nurse. And I, I think he's, I think, I think the guy in the commercial is now a nurse. Where, like, he's talking about in the past when he worked at Amazon, they paid for his tuition. Sure. And he's like, and at the end, he's like, I don't think any other company would pay for <laughs> pay for tuition like that. I'm like, yeah, because they expected you to become a nurse so you could work in the factory as as the field medic. <laughs> God. Oh, God. Field medic at an Amazon warehouse? Good sketch idea, also. That is actually, yeah, but that's, that's way but too it's gotta, personal. Yeah, it's gotta be Civil War, like, field medic. <laughs> yeah. Where it's, mean, like, where it's like, no, it's, it's... oh, oh, one of the servo bots ran over your foot? Chop it at the knee. <laughs> Just constant screaming from all sides <laughs> off screen. Smoke, smoke billows, around. like, into the fucking... 
we'll keep we'll keep that in the back of our mind. <laughs> <laughs> OC, do not steal. Um. Uh. Oh. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, like you know, you're probably right. They probably had the Facebook portal sketch. And the thing is, is that I feel like if they just did a full, a full sketch on like on the Facebook portal where it slowly goes from the dad, the dad starts with mom's dead, then he comes out and then they explain it. And then at the end it goes Facebook portal, share something real. And then the sketch ends. I think it's a much better sketch. No, you're right. You're right. You're the, right. The, you could even do the classic SNL, someone sitting at a TV and reacting and uh, being like, hey, guys, isn't this weird? Like, you yeah. can even do that. <laughs> but, like, but, yeah, I think, and it's entirely possible that maybe this in its original draft was that, and then they came up with so many ideas they were too excited about, and then they just shoveled it into this Frankenstein sketch. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you're right. No, the, the, the best way to take that is to, uh, to just do standard escalating that yeah, yeah, yeah to do to do one advertisement yeah because i'd rather i would rather have one good idea last five minutes than snl's frankenstein sketch that lasted eight yeah yeah um all right so after that oh after that we get uh strange kid tales the sketch uh, oh Oh, what a what a sketch, huh? <laughs> it's I Keenan Thompson is he has this knack for sketches where the joke is the same every time. Mm-hmm. I think it's because like, I think it's because his face is so expressive. It's true. It is. He's it got is. he's got he's got like the Belushi level of facial expression, where where like I wouldn't be surprised if he just started doing like the single eyebrow up and downs. <laughs> <laughs> Such a goddamn joke. So the the whole the whole conceit of this sketch, and I I love it. It's so elegant. Two guys are really really easily scared, and they're <laughs> running a paranormal talk show. Mm-hmm. And so they're brought on. They 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 call on these. Uh, they hate their job. They call <laughs> on these groups of parents and kids. The parents explain a weird thing that happened to their kids. The, they gradually start freaking out more and more because these paranormal things are happening. <laughs> and then they can't stand it anymore and they send the kid away. And it's always like kind of mundane. There's never like blood dripping off the wall. It's my kid saw a ghost mm-hmm. or my kid said that he lived a past life and they mm-hmm. can't. It's so good. When I was old, <laughs> when I, was I old, never want a kid to say that. <laughs> There's nothing behind his eyes. <laughs> that was great when when the kid walked out and he's like, "I don't like him already." He's got dead eyes, <laughs> and, and it fucking cuts to this kid just staring at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's there's not much to say about this one. It's just it's solid. It's mm-hmm. well acted. It's a good time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> listen, even the punchline was good because it's a callback to, to earlier in the sketch. Honestly, this is like one of those like perfectly made sketches that SNL does where it's textbook rule of threes callback at the end and the sketch yeah like the thing is like if you can't be like SNL should not like 
it would be great if SNL was Key and Peel or Auntie Donna, and they could like do things where they like dissect things or or do like weird angles or mm-hmm. or, or like weird a weird sketch that doesn't follow standard textbook stuff. But they can't. Um, yeah. So just stick to the textbook. The textbook is good. The, listen, it's, it's perfectly acceptable. Yeah, like we can't we can't all be Lil Nas X. Yeah, absolutely. Some of us have to be Billy Ray Cyrus. It's fine. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> in in, in, in my wo- in my world in my world, Lil Nas X is a country artist. <laughs> oh no, that that was not my that was not my uh, point. <laughs> oh. but yeah, love that sketch. Oh, so so perfect. And, and then back to back with another of my favorites of the night. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, so so right after that, we get Man Park the sketch. <sighs> Man Park. Oh. Uh, so I was so I watched it live with Teresa, and she loved this sketch. I'm sure she did. Oh, she absolutely did because I am very much, <laughs> very much in the camp where Man Park would be perfect. <laughs> No, I, listen, I, I'm in the opposite situation where I'm sitting here and I'm alone all day and I wait I wait patiently for any of my roommates to come up and then I dump the contents of my day on them and I'm like, man, I should get a girlfriend. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, so, the gimmick, so the gimmick for Man Park is uh, that for a lot of guys, uh, the only person who they have to share their day with is their girlfriend. And obviously that's fucking exhausting for the people who are going to work for eight hours, coming home and then immediately being showered with dumb man thoughts. <laughs> Did you know that Vin Diesel had a twin brother? Uh, listen, I didn't know that. That's a very I interesting fact to me. <laughs> so obviously they like nailed it with like dumb facts that obviously are obviously like your partner doesn't care about this. I think I think the other part, my other favorite part was Ego gets home and Pete Davidson immediately is right up to him. He's like, "Hey, hey, am I balding, Dune?" <laughs> <laughs> which I is which is the... exactly like how I talk at people sometimes. <laughs> also, just like I love, I love this show's fascination with Dune because like Dune is one of those things where like none of us get it. But it's big and it's colorful, so we're just gonna keep talking about it because I feel like we should. With that being said, I love Dune. <laughs> I haven't read the. I, I'm one of those assholes that wants to read the book first, and so I haven't seen the movie. Um. So so I did read the book. Straight up, what happened was I was joking with Teresa that Dune was coming out soon, and then we went to a bookstore, and she's like, "You should just pick up Dune and read it." And I was like, "You're right." And so I got Dune. And then straight up, so I read probably, like, the first 250 pages in, like, the span of a week. And then yeah. I read the last 400-plus pages in a day. Damn, okay. Oh, my okay, God, dude. Sure. Listen, <laughs> I know this is a podcast about SNL. Dune <laughs> is so good. <laughs> well, maybe we should save this for our weekly Dune podcast. Uh-huh, yeah, we're going to start a weekly Dune podcast where we just talk about all things Dune. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it, it was, it, it nailed it so hard. Every aspect of, I, the, the, not the to mention, absolute... not to mention, uh, one, one last thing for Dune and then we can go back to Man Park. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, uh, if you're worried, uh, you could watch Dune first, you could watch, uh, the movie first because it doesn't really, there's no like real spoilers in, in Dune that, in the movie that much for the book, 
Plus, the movie only takes place for, like, a little bit less than two-thirds of the book. So there's still yeah. an extra, like, 200-plus pages of book that is not in the movie. <laughs> uh, oh. All right, back to Man Park. Yes. So so anyway, so, like... so all these dumb guy things, which you can tell, like, me and Connor don't talk to many people, and so <laughs> this is us, like, interacting as people right now. <laughs> Because right. we heard Dune and we must talk about it. Well, that's the special part. Like, it's like the the part that resonates the hardest is when when uh, I, I don't remember his name, but uh, uh, his his girlfriend says to him, "Well, isn't there? Isn't I, you need to make more friends? You need to you need to go go somewhere and talk to people." He just looks up. He goes, "Where would I go?" Yeah, <laughs> just like yeah. Where would I? I don't play fucking Magic: The Gathering. I can't. I can't <laughs> down to a game store. Like, what am I gonna do? If I join one more fucking D and D group, I'm gonna kill myself. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So 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 the ad so the ad for it is a man park where where girlfriends can take their partners, uh, to interact with other dudes. And not bore them with the dumb conversations about Vin Diesel's twin brother. That's right. And whenever they, 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 it's like a dog park and they're all walking mm-hmm. around and talking to each other. And whenever there's two, it's, it's a bit that's so good that they do it twice and it doesn't matter. Where there's two, two, two guys and they're having this very generic guy conversation. <laughs> and then one walks over and goes, Marvel? And then the other goes, Marvel? Uh, Marvel. Marvel, 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 Marvel. <laughs> it's, it's so, oh, love, it, love Guy Park. Oh my god, oh, it's great. And, and uh, also fucking, uh, we're like, we got for large breeds, which are sports fans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and small breeds, which are nerds. <laughs> Guys. You know, you know what, uh, you know what the, 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 the one that said, oh, where's yours? He's a little shy. <laughs> He's hiding under the bed. Oh. Oh, so good. You know, this sketch reminds me a lot of, there was a college humor sketch where it's like the impressions all guys do at a party. <laughs> where, where it starts with like someone's doing like Marlon Brando or something. And so everyone does like the Godfather stuff then they move to like de niro and it's just like a group of women sitting on the outside commentating what's going on <laughs> oh that's i i should watch oh that. It, it was it was a quality sketch right for saw and it gives me very similar vibes because they just stand around going like christopher walken <laughs> <laughs> oh very... yeah man park was great <laughs> Man park was very very good that one's gonna live on for a while that, like the thing that with Man Park, the, it, they've been doing this more and more recently. There's this they're 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 attacking things at a at a at a very clean, very good angle. Like this and the and the the shit your pants underwear. Like <laughs> they're, they're attacking masculinity at a, at an angle that's very fun because it's very welcoming to uh to like even like very masculine men mm-hmm. because they understand what's going on and all of that. But then there's, is a very clear female perspective on it. It's, it's, there's a lot of fun. They're, they're getting better at that mm-hmm. where they used to be very, very bad at that. Well, uh, I mean, realistically, I think it's because they've consistently hired more women in the, in the past, like X amount of years, as opposed to the first like 30. <laughs> yeah. 
Yep, yep. As opposed to Norm Macdonald, I'm just co- I'm just kidding. We don't hire women. I mean, he wasn't wrong. No, I, it was it was a pretty <laughs> solid joke against SNL. The problem was they didn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also I also love the final punchline of Man Park, where it's Heidi Gardner sitting on the bench, and she goes, "You know, it, it's you know, it's hard for you know." Guys do not have the ability to just, like, unload their day with other dudes. And I guess, in that aspect, and do not quote me saying this, it is harder to be a guy. Wait, wait, are you filming this? No. No, no. <laughs> don't tell me. <laughs> oh, because oh, it's just... It's so good. So, so perfect, because it perfectly also encapsulates, like, the argument against masculinity perfectly. Yes. No. Or it's, it's just like it's, it's like no. It's not. It's not hard to be a dude. But like you know, there are aspects. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, they did. They they walked such a good line. I'm very happy with that sketch overall. Mm-hmm, me too. Uh. All right. What's next on the docket? Next up is uh, the the only thing people <laughs> the only thing the internet is going to talk about f- uh, from this episode forever. Which is Taylor Swift's 10-minute... I forget the name of the song, and everyone's going to shit on us because I know you don't know it either. <laughs> it's from it's from her album Red. It might be Red, to be honest. But not knowing things is kind of my shtick. Yeah. <laughs> you have no excuse. I have no excuse other than the fact that, like I said to you, I couldn't pick Taylor Swift out of a lineup, which is so surprising because I feel like I know what she looks like, and yet every time I see her, I'm surprised. <laughs> and, and it's also surprising to me because, like I said to you, she is the only person on that set that I would be comfortable picking out of a lineup. <laughs> anyway, so Taylor Swift only does one song for this episode, which is interesting. You know, most of the time musical guests do two. Uh, a few people have done three. But, like, that's like that's for shows where they did not have a lot of sketches or they did it during goodbyes. Mm. Mm. Yeah, okay. Uh anyway. Well, yeah, really nice song. Mm-hmm. I like the I, I believe the... I believe it's about Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> this theory still blows my mind. And it's and the only reason I think that is because of one line and well, listen, if you're a huge like Swifty or a Taylor Swift fan, please let me know that like if I'm right or just completely off base. But I believe that the song is about Leonardo DiCaprio just because there's one line where she, where she says, I grew older, but your girlfriend stays the same age. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, there's one guy who we all say that about. <laughs> uh, anyway, so she only does the one song. It's ten plus minutes long. And, yeah, and in the background, there's the movie that she filmed for the re-release of... I, Connor, do you keep up with, like, the Taylor Swift lore? No, no. Okay, I so, like Taylor Swift, but I, I don't I don't actively chase Yeah, yeah, Taylor so Swift so so uh, my partner is very, very big into Taylor Swift, so I get all of like the background lore cool. <laughs> dumped on me. <laughs> uh uh putting it out there, my favorite Taylor Swift song is still Picture to Burn from okay. like her first album. <laughs> Back when she was still doing basically country music. Uh, anyway, so Taylor Swift 
got into a huge legal fight with whatever recording through whatever recording company she worked with for her first X albums, right? Uh, and pretty much what uh, what the end of the lawsuit uh, dealt with is that she can re-record all of her old albums. In or and that's what she's doing now. She's re-recording all of her old albums so that she has all the rights to them. Cool. Yeah, it's super cool. Uh, love it for her. She's re-released Red and she re-released nineteen eighty nine or whatever the f- whatever it's oh, called. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, she re-released that one and then she's she's got like the others in the work in the works. Uh, so Red. Which uh, just she so she just finished the re-record and she just released it on Friday. Okay, cool. And for it, for that ten-minute song that she performed on SNL, she also recorded like a mini movie to go with it, which is what's playing behind her the entire time. Cool. Yeah, listen, it's just dope. Taylor Swift is an amazing artist. Of course, she's gonna crush SNL. She's crushed SNL every time she's been on it. Yeah. Including on the 40th anniversary, where she got to be in the Californians, I believe. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> the Californians is all a blur, but... Mm-hmm. all Because all of it's exactly the same. All of it's exactly the same, ladies and gentlemen. What are you talking about? <laughs> Don't. What are you Just get on the 405 to the 10. <laughs> oh, it's all fucking quality. Oh. Such oh. Nobody does... Nobody does sketch where it's essentially the same joke every time, like SNL. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a recurring sketch. (laughs) No Uh, one else has recurring sketches. Well, I mean, that's not true. Fucking, isn't that the entire point of Second City? Is that all all their sketches are still from the 60s? (laughs) Damn. Is Second City dead or is it not dead? UCB is dead, I believe. Yeah. Rip, but Rip... Shouldn't have left. Shouldn't have fucking left. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. You dig up a tree, and then you move it somewhere else, and then there's a cold snap. The tree's not gonna make it. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, anyway, I'm sure all the Taylor Swift fans fucking love that she performed this song for it. Uh, I'm sure that they were all a little disappointed that she didn't do two songs. Yeah. Uh, but, honestly, I'm gonna take it. Yeah, listen... We could have cut the Audacity and Advertisement sketch and just gotten a second Taylor Swift song. Yeah, we could have we could have trimmed the Audacity and Advertisement sketch to just be the advertisements. We could have cut half of the uh, of the a cold open, uh, <laughs> and we would have had time for a song. Yeah, listen, listen, SNL, hire us. <laughs> That's right, guys. Guys, guys, we're fixing your show for you. <laughs> I know you've been doing it. I know you've been doing it for forty six years, but hear me out. <laughs> these two, these two twenty-four-year-old white dudes know what's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 wait! But hear me out. They made five episodes of one podcast one time, <laughs> and they also missed last week because one of them was had a birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but we're right. <laughs> we are right. I'm just... All right. So, so after, so after Taylor. Uh, we get weekend update. Dark yeah. weekend update. Oh, oh boy, yeah, really good. Real really dark. Good. <laughs> uh, so so just some quick. Uh, my favorite, my favorite, just quick one-off jokes that they did were uh, Michael Che's Britney Spears joke, 
about how the media is real glad that she's back on her feet yep. so that they can immediately push her back down. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, the Bud Light eggnog joke from <laughs> Colin Jost, where if you want to know what it t- tastes like, throw up in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Colin Jost's Vin Diesel's open letter to The Rock, which I didn't even know that they had a beef. Did you? I, I mean, it's not real, is it? I don't know is the problem, because I think, because, like, cause like I read, I did read the open letter, I was like, that's a weird promo for Fast and the Furious 10. Because <laughs> he's like, come back, let's finish the story. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> Does Vin Diesel think he's actually Don, Dominic Toretto <laughs> and The Rock is actually Hobbs? Because he calls him Hobbs in it, but he also calls him Dwayne. <laughs> God damn. Anyway, God. anyway, Colin Jost joked that for Vin Diesel, an open letter is the letter C. <laughs> it took me, it took me an uncomfortable amount of time to get that joke. I think the funniest part is I think that I think that might be the only op- oh no 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 S figured it out. Yeah, I guess. Which is just two C's though. Oh shit! This how deep does this go? <laughs> Oh, uh, the hats are off for this episode. <laughs> yeah, no instance. We're spinning out. Anyway. Uh, anyway, so our first, uh, any oh, of the one-off two. jokes that you really liked? No, I don't remember shit. But uh, the two, uh, the uh, the guests that they brought on for, or what, what are they called? Segments. Again? I call them, se- I call them like featured segments. Okay. The two featured segments, back-to-back bangers. Absolutely. Um, so, I, so, so let's start with the first one, because me and you have different opinions on the second one. Gotcha. Uh, so the first one is Sarah Sherman comes on, makes her Weekend Update debut, uh, and it's just her doing stand-up, which, you know, she's a stand-up comic, but oh my god, was it amazing. Every, every, it's just so perfect, the way that she, the, so she lays the groundwork by being like, uh, so so the gimmick is that she's, you know, she spent five, six weeks now at SNL. And she's just supposed to report back, you know, how it's been for her. And she goes, yeah, Colin, well, I've got some feedback. <laughs> Number one, why is it live? <laughs> Doesn't that seem dangerous? I could say something to ruin both our careers. <laughs> <laughs> which which is just perfect because it, it gives you the because uh, it gives you that baseline where it's just like oh she's an agent of chaos. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, I mean, she shows up in in pastels with like a a, a like big flowery shirt. Oh and well, a, I mean, she button up. Overalls. I mean, she perfectly she perfectly put it when she said, "I look like Chucky went to Sarah Lawrence." <laughs> when I first heard that, I was like, "Oh my god, she does." <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Because I think she only wears, like, clown costumes for all of her stand-up bits. Uh, yeah, I did hear that. Oh my god. But, like, the... Her, her uh, uh, what is... Her little, like... The recurring me. bit in this segment mm-hmm. is that... And it's it's a very simple bit, but she does it so well. She just <laughs> baits Colin into saying something potentially problematic, and then she says, this just in... Pops up a big fake headline and then <laughs> says something <laughs> says something shitty about Colin Jost, 
and uh, maybe I'm biased because people saying shitty things about college jokes is always my favorite part of Weekend Update. I, you know, I think it's a lot of people's favorite part of Weekend Update. Everyone loves the shit on college jokes because he's, listen, listen, he's got a lot going for him. So it's real easy to take him down a peg. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And he doesn't mind. No, of course not. I will say her chaotic energy of just every time she finishes a news segment and Colin's like, hey, like, come on, that's not what, she just, she just barrels over him. And another thing. <laughs> oh. All of it. And the best part is that it all kind of like layers on top of each other. So the first, yep. so the first one is Colin says that he knows where most people's nipples are. I've seen most people's nipples. No, no, no. He says, oh, I know yes. I know where most people's nipples are. And so she twists it to, Colin Joe says he's seen most people's nipples. And then, and then the second, and then uh, uh, she tries to tell him, she, she like says something and then he, he tries to correct her. And then she says, self-proclaimed nipple expert, Colin Joe's <laughs> mansplains on live TV. Just so good. Just very oh, good. Every single time. And then at, and then when she when she says, Colin Jost, local sicko, Colin Jost is keeping a <laughs> list of Jews at SNL. Oh, God. That one, that one straight up rocked me off my fucking seat. Yeah, no, it was oh. really good. It was really good. <laughs> oh. oh. All right. <laughs> Also, yeah. Oh. Also, when she called him a gorgeous fascist. Yeah. <laughs> and she called herself barely legal, and he's like, "You're 30. <laughs> so good. Oh, so good. That entire se- that entire fucking segment is so fantastic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It honestly made me think that in like. I don't know, when Michael Che inevitably actually gets cancelled and retires. <laughs> and whenever Colin Jost decides being married to Scarlett Johansson is enough. <laughs> is Ja... <laughs> is a big enough career for anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Sarah Sherman might be a good weekend update anchor. Hey, I, I'm, I, I'm happy for it. I, it's hard to tell who would or mm-hmm. wouldn't be a good weekend. I think, they just, like, you need to see it. Yeah, I think it's just because her, her ability to, like, lean in and just say a headline. <laughs> it's true. No, she's got the... She, she's got the new... And I and I would love if, for the first time, Weekend Update Anchor didn't wear a suit and instead she wore her fucking clown costume. <laughs> oh, that... Absolutely. And honestly, I guess it does make sense uh, uh, if you're going to take one of the... Uh, if you're going to take one of the three genders of uh, SNL characters, uh, of SNL recruits, which is uh, improvisers, uh, sketch comedians, or... Uh, uh, stand-up. Uh, what is it? Or stand-up comedians. You should pick a uh, uh, stand-up comedian. For, oh, uh, absolutely for Weekend Update. It should be stand-up yeah. comedian or what they have done, what they normally do, head writers. Yeah, that also works. Because Colin Jost and Michael Che are the head writers of SNL. Damn. Oh. Uh, anyway, all right, let's move on to Laffatron, was his name? Yeah, I really like, I think, I think, like, I, I agree that the jokes were, uh, uh, middling, but I just, it's such a powerful character, and he played it so well. So, so I'll start with the good. Uh, the good is that I think, I think he played, uh, you're right, he plays the character, 
It's Aristotle plays uh, a robot designed to do stand-up comedy is the bit. Yeah. Uh, I think that he plays the character really well, and the voice he does for it is perfect. Yeah. My problem is that while you while you say, like, the jokes are middling, but it's also part of the joke because it's a shitty robot, my, my biggest problem with it is that the idea is just wholly unoriginal. Oh, yeah. No, that is fair. To the point where I have seen... Uh, person dressed up as a robot to perform 1960s stand-up comedy huh. on America's Got Talent. Oh, boy. And you know what? He made it to the second round and then got cut because there's not a lot of legs for that <laughs> bit. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And I don't know, maybe, maybe if I'd never seen that, I'd probably like this bit a bit more. It just seemed like, all right, I mean, this is just an, an excuse for Aristotle to do a fun voice, and it's a fun voice. It's a good voice. I liked I liked his impressions of Twitter and Instagram. Those were the best part of it because those were actually like original and fun takes of like how would a robot write jokes, as opposed yeah. to hey Staten Island. Even even when he did, that's literally like a move that I saw in America's Got Talent from that guy. <laughs> oh, it's just. No, I, I get you. I've, I'm not. Uh, it, it's a. It's. You're and not wrong. The worst part is I'm not even a big America's Got Talent watcher. I just happened to catch an episode in 2017. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Oh. But yeah, that's weekend update. Mm-hmm. Sorry to be such a downer on a sketch you liked. <laughs> no, no. I, I think that's a good assessment. I I was also. I, I I was having too much of a time of a good time enjoying someone letting Aristotle be Aristotle, mm-hmm. um, but the jokes weren't great. I didn't even end <laughs> as a as a quick turn. I didn't even like the the Instagram uh, uh, the Instagram jokes. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, listen. Were they the best jokes? No. Were they at least uh, original and an interesting perspective? Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so after we can update, we get the Broadway benefit sketch, which, Mm. uh, so it's, uh, Kyle Mooney, A.D. Bryant, and small child from Strange Kid Tales, (laughs) uh, sit down in like, you know, theater seats with a bunch of extras, and, you know, it's like their first time back on Broadway, uh, and this is just a benefit to, you know, help support all the artists who couldn't do anything for a year and a half. Uh, and, uh, Aidy mentions that as a girl, she went to go see this exact benefit. And that it was always, like, a good time and it was what made her fall in love with theater. And we get, and, uh, so it cuts to the stage and there's Cecily and Bowen, uh, playing what they, they are always... They did it uh, last year, too, where they just are, like, lounge singers together and just caddy at each other, and it's great. They play it so... They're so much fun together. Uh, And and basically, like, the entire joke is that uh, this whole entire Broadway show, not suitable for children, and it's, like, a little bit funny that 80 went there as a kid. Yep. It's the funny, the funniest thing about, well, this is another one of those musical sketches where it is a better song than sketch. Yes. I really enjoyed the song. (laughs) 
The, I love that it was it was so it was it was just like an actually fun Broadway number. Mm-hmm. Andrew Lloyd Webber could have wrote it if Andrew Lloyd Webber was good at musicals. <laughs> Crushing. Saw time for life. Damn. <laughs> who 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 did I don't know shit about people that made musicals, but uh Andrew Lloyd Webber did Phantom of the Opera and Cats. Ah, uh, he's the one that said Hal it's about cats. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite videos. I think about it constantly. It's just, it's <laughs> anyway, anyway, so the song is about drugs. All drugs. Drugs, yep. drugs, drugs. And that's basically, like, the joke. It gets hammered home probably, like, eight or nine times every two minutes. And the sketch is eight minutes long. Jesus, is it? No, no, I have no idea. It's probably, okay. like, six but I'm just I'm saying like listen like you got the joke probably like a third of the way into it and then you're just there for a fun Broadway number which is fine yeah. it was fun yeah. I I feel like the writers expected a bigger laugh when they had Major's dance Yeah I mean this is actually the second time uh that they've Oh uh by the way I I don't know if we missed it um there's a uh the joke that showed up two times in the same night um, for this one was Big Bird loses all of his feathers. Oh yeah! In the cold open, Big Bird mentioned that the COVID vaccine made him lose all of his feathers, and in uh oh god oh and in uh these three virgins, uh one of them is described as Big Bird but without any of his feathers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there was another one that was repeated a second time, but I don't remember what it was. Anyway, that was just yeah. a quick aside. Yeah, that's a uh, anyway. It was one every night. <laughs> Anyway, so Matrix comes on about halfway through the song, and he's described as, you know, basically like Fred Astaire. Like, famous, famous dancer, like he's known for his dancing and such. Uh, They sing a bit, Calumny's like, we should probably go, because, like, all they're talking about is how they like doing cocaine. (laughs) And Eddie's like, no, 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 but he's about to dance, it's what he's known for. And then he kind of just does, like, a single hip rotation. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, there's, there's bad, the SNL has done this literal exact joke two, three weeks ago for, uh, the, uh, uh, Angelo. Yeah, thank you, Angelo. Uh, and it's never good, um, because it's, there's a difference between, like, comically bad dancing and low energy dancing. Mm Mm-hmm. And it, I guess if you want someone to sell low energy dance and dancing, call Kyle Mooney. He could do it for you. He could give you an awkward dance, but like, but that's not ever to... what you want. There's a reason. Like, there's a reason why in Seinfeld, Elaine fucking does the thumbs like this because it's gotta yeah. be it's gotta be big, and they gotta believe that they're amazing. If it's just gonna be like a small hip rotation, and then that's it. Like, like I get I, the joke they were going for was build it up, build it up, build it up, and then it's super disappointing. But yeah. sometimes it's just disappointing. Then that's right. <laughs> that's a good point. Like sometimes it's funny. Like, like I think it works in the Angelo sketch better, just because yeah. at that point, that point they had laid the groundwork of, listen, this is a weird fucking sketch. They say they're really great, but they don't do a lot. But still, like. I think in the Angelo sketch, and I think I, I don't want to talk too much on a sketch that we've already been over, but I think in the Angelo sketch, it would have been more powerful if instead of, or it would have been better if instead of weird low energy dancing, it was very 
weird, slow, meaningless dancing, like putting down one foot forward with purpose Mm -hmm. and then one foot back with purpose and something like that. But uh, instead it was just a... But even then it it fit the theme. Anyway. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Anyway, so, you know. And then it just kind of... And then it ends with the little girl being like, I love Broadway. Which, like... It's like, you know, fine, whatever. Let Get us yeah. out of this sketch now. <laughs> <laughs> the dance is over. I am done. <laughs> uh, so then, after that, we get uh, the Bone Thugs in Harmony sketch. <laughs> which, listen, listen. Weird, SNL weird. SNL After Weekend Update just gets weird most of the time. And, yeah. oh boy, is this one weird. <laughs> It's like someone, someone, how I see that this sketch happened is Colin Jost fucking once probably said like, what's that old rap group? You know, Dogbone and Melody. <laughs> because he's uncultured. And then everyone else was like, oh, okay, we've got it. And then just started writing. <laughs> I feel like it could have been better than it was, but the idea was a lot of fun and they did a really good job with their characters, and so I'm not I'm not mad. It mm-hmm. would have been a better sketch if it was written better, but it's a lot of fun. I feel I feel like if you're a big Bone Thugs in Harmony person, this sketch hit a lot better. Oh yeah, absolutely. But like, you know, we're not I'm I I'm I'm not a Bone Thugs in Harmony guy. I like know of them. <laughs> also they like anamorph into dogs at the end. <laughs> Yeah, listen, it just, it got weird, and I, oh, I'm i here it. for it. I'm here for the weirdness. I love it so much. They sold the lady a bone for ten cents. That's the joke. It's a <laughs> joke. It was a, God, I can't even call it a mess. It was just like a dream. And not yeah. even a fever dream. It was just a, a regular dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it, it doesn't even get to the point where they, like, if to move it to fever dream territory, when Kyle Mooney's character quits, they should have harvested him for his bones. That's right. And that then, is true. and and then that's the escalation that we need for it to be, for it to be a fever dream of a sketch instead of a, <laughs> just a dream of a sketch. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I liked it though. I had fun. No, me too. Me too. <laughs> like again, I wish it was more, but with what it was, I was happy. Mm, I uh, love singing. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> One person's like, hey, can I have a dog artist? Like, we don't sell this here. Can I look around? You know what we have. <laughs> now nah, you know what we got. <laughs> so, after after that sketch, uh, we have the 10 minutes to 1 sketch uh, about the pastor and his wife's open marriage. <laughs> a great concept, well mm-hmm. sold. Great concept, well sold, perfect for 10 minutes to 1. Uh... And pretty much, it's straight up, it's like, it's so super short, too, which I think really helped. Yeah. Because the because the sketch itself doesn't have that much legs. Yeah, especially because the wild thing, I don't even, I don't know if this was a fucking type error, but, like, uh, 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 Ego is like, uh, was like, uh, 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 set it up for, uh, have a bunch of let's list let's have all of these weird people one by one say what their deal is thing 
where she was like, why don't you guys tell us why you should be in this? And then there was one other line, and then they said, actually, no, let us tell you our deal. So they pivoted from one bad stock SNL sketch to the other bad stock mm-hmm. SNL sketch. But, like, I mean, it's only bad because it's 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 clearly evident what you're trying to do. You're trying to get to the part that works. Yeah. <laughs> like, like... Uh, anyway, I, I listen. Really like I'm it. I'm I'm okay with sometimes just being like handheld through the bad part of a sketch, just to like yeah. for, just to snowplow our way to the good part. <laughs> just wish there were, just wish there wasn't a bad part. Right? Yeah. Listen, listen. We can always wish that there wasn't a bad part. <laughs> oh. Uh, anyway. But anyway, I liked I liked that uh, they consistently just put down Keenan. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was that was a that, lot. Of that fun. was that was the good through line that kept the sketch going forward. Where just every yes. time, every time that they mentioned or asked a question, uh, Keenan, who's playing the organist, would like start to answer. They'd be like, "No, no, 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 <laughs> not you." <laughs> uh, the other the other good bit that worked was uh, there was there was the good joke where uh, where Chris Red asked, "Wait, so do I have an open marriage?" And they just go, no, you're just <laughs> cheating on your wife. <laughs> Do you think she knows? Pan over to his wife. <laughs> I guess. I think Listen, like, it like, really good. yeah, it's a fine, it's a fine joke. We could, you could find that, you could find that in like a TV sitcom or something. Because it's, right, yeah. it's like, because it's three minutes. It, that's like a 30 second joke and that just fills time. Yeah. Which was good. And then also also when they described how we got to an open marriage where she said her hall pass was Barack Obama. And he said his hall pass was Kevin, the bassist in the church choir. So then she switched her answer to Kevin, the bassist from... So good. Played by Kyle Mooney. And Kyle Mooney just sitting there go, wait, I'm Kevin. <laughs> Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, listen, 10 minutes to 1 sketch, it didn't overstay its welcome, which I was glad about. Yes. It Yeah, it did feel a little unfocused, and they just kind of had, like, four or five good bits that they needed to just put, like, 10 bad bits to get between. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so, you know, Listen, nothing to write home about in this 10 minutes to 1 sketch. Sometimes they hit gold, and sometimes it's just 10 minutes to 1. <laughs> oh. Uh, alright. So, move in to our Offensive Player of the Week. I am going to say that Sarah Sherman, with just her weekend update bit, is the Offensive Player of the Week. Nothing else in this episode sent me, so singularly sent me, like her entire Weekend Update segment. Man yeah. Park as a full sketch, which I think will pro- is, is my sketch of the night, uh, was, was the best sketch. But her segment is just her alone, just hitting all of my funny buttons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. It was, it was really, really good. Um, yeah, uh, and, and she was, she was going real hard at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, uh, uh, I'd say, uh, Ego Odom. She would, uh, she, uh, uh, she came in with the, uh, 
with the wife and the in the uh, 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 what is it? March uh, of the Suitors. March of the Suitors, and she <laughs> she elevated that from like a from like a low level bit to like an actual bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time she was a part of something, she she elevated it to an actual like something yeah. that I was genuinely laughing at. I, I she she did an excellent mm-hmm. job. She's so funny. She's really, really good. I mean, everyone, all the main cast, and even the featured players are all just so, like, fucking talented. Yeah. Uh, alright, uh, do you want to do your defensive player first? Uh, why don't you go first? Uh, yeah, I'll buy you some time to look at the cast list. <laughs> no, 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 I... Uh, yeah, so, so my defensive player of the week is going to be Keenan. Keenan, Keenan absolutely right. kept every sketch, uh, going... Uh, the drummer in the March of the Suitors sketch, uh, his, like, two or three lines and just his facial expression as he's banging on the drum may, like, really kept it together. Uh, absolutely, without him, uh, Strange Kid Tales fails, without a doubt. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and also, he's he's the through line that keeps the 10 minutes to one pastor sketch on rails. Yeah. Without, oh, that's, that's without, a... without him, you don't get, like, four or five of those good beats that you get from a bad sketch from like what is ostensibly a bad sketch. Yeah. Uh, okay. And for you? Uh See, I wasn't looking up uh, I wasn't looking up the cast list. I was looking up Jonathan Major's first name. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm going to go with Jonathan Major's. Um I always like to give uh give one of the roles to the host because they're they're in every sketch. They're you get to see them, you get to see uh, you know, what they bring to the table, what they don't. Um and he held his own. He he held his own and he even brought things to a lot of the characters like uh like again in the in the March of the Suitors, he's got this like which honestly like the more I think about it Oh, we're not even there yet. Um, but in the March of the Suitors, he, uh, he's got that, he's got that, um, I'm, I'm being stupid sort of thing. <laughs> he, he brings a lot of fun characters. He brings a lot of good energy. Um, and, uh, he held his own and I always, uh, I always like to give someone some for that. So, uh, all right. And sketch of the night. I already said man parts, definitely my sketch of the night. It was, it's so perfectly crafted and it comes at such a fun, like, like you said, it comes at, like, the right angle where I think anyone who watches it is going to immediately understand the joke and like it. Which yeah, is hard yeah. because, you know, you know, it's easy to come from an angle where, like, people understand the angle but not necessarily like it. This is one of those, I think, like, middle-of-the-aisle type ones where it's, like, even, even the most conservative fascist guy would be like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I understand the joke. It's kind of funny. Yeah, and it's not like, and it's not middle of the aisle in that it ha- it's trying to say nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just like middle of the aisle in that it manages to engage everyone. Yes, that that's it, a good it, distinction. Perfect. It is it is not spineless in its like take, it but it but it is neutral in its appear in its uh, uh what's the word not appearance but like appeal. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree, I agree. And I, that's why I would, and I'm, hmm. So I was, when I was watching, I was on the fence between Man Park and uh, Crazy Kid Stories. Um, but as I've been listing things and comparing them, and, and I keep bringing, so I, I will say, Man Park is probably the best sketch of the night in terms mm-hmm. of its construction, performance, uh, making me laugh the most. 
but I, I, when it's between the, when it's between the, the safer option and the more exciting option, I like to pick the more exciting one. And there's just something special about, uh, about, uh, uh, March of the Suitors that, that makes me keep going back to it in my head. And I, <laughs> I'm going to give it that for that. I, Respect. I really enjoyed all of the, every single character that they brought on was a lot of fun. I liked how they interrogated all of them. I liked, I liked, uh, like a, every character in it would be fine as the subject of their own sketch. Mm -hmm. And, but, and all of the bits that they had were short, sweet and to the point. I just, I, and, and they were weird and it was fun. Yeah. It was a well-crafted, uh, sketch. Uh, all right, I think that uh, about does it for us. Yeah. Uh, let us know what you think of all the sketches and how wrong we are about our opinions of comedy in the comments below. <laughs> Hit that like button. Smash that subscribe button. <laughs> Full you do. <laughs> the illusion that anyone is listening to the audio version of this podcast is out the window. <laughs> Listen, and if you're someone who's listening to the audio uh, version of this podcast... Hit that subscribe button. <laughs> mark it on. Mark it on your local podcatcher. <laughs> if there's if there's five stars, give them. If there's not, if there's a thumbs up, anyway. give that. Uh, rate us uh, on Apple uh, on iTunes. <laughs> I think I think it's important that you rate us on iTunes. <laughs> I think I've so. heard I've heard other podcasters beg so. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, all right, and until next week, uh, continue to support local comedy. Yeah. So long. Bye.